This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, amen. You all happy? You all got here all right? Actually, they were very good, actually, because I said to them, can you, because uh, those of you who've been in this week, will have noticed this week everything was closed off, we couldn't even get in. Uh, so I said to them, would you be able to open it? So they opened it for us, especially for you on Sunday. They opened the gate for you on Sunday. Isn't that cool? So we do appreciate them and appreciate what they did. Uh, so you can actually be grateful. You can actually give them a smile as you go out and see all the... All the sewer, whatever else is going through. Do it now, give thanks. Okay, if you've got Bibles with you, Acts chapter 2. I want to talk about the influence. I was thinking of a good title, and I kind of like this title. The influence of a, of a spirit-drenched life. I thought that's pretty impressive, personally. But, uh, the influence of a spirit-drenched life. I think, actually, as we talk about impacting and reaching people, everything else, actually, this is where it begins. I actually believe this is where the whole thing... Without this, really, no real influence can ever really take place. This is where it all begins. The reason why I say it all begins there, because that's where it began in the early church. This is where it began. Their effective witness began on this day. And let me just read it, then we'll just take a few things from it. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, Acts chapter 2, verse 1... They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of, as of fire, one upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitudes came together, and they were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born? Persians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pergia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all parts of Libya, adjoining Syrian, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Grecians and Arabs, that's a lot of people. Uh, And we hear them speaking in our own language, the wonderful works of God. Now get a hold of that, okay, we're going to look at that a bit later on, but that's an important phrase there. Others were mocking and saying, are they not full of new wine? Peter, standing up with eleven, raised up his voice and said, men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed heed my words. That they are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. But this was spoken, this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And you I'm sure you're aware of the prophecy there. I think when I read that, you know, one thing, I don't know if you noticed that, I don't know if you've actually been involved in this. Uh, I think my daughter Amy got, was investigating this. 
But ever heard of this thing where you, you kind of go back to your heritage, you, that? You, you go back generations to generations? That was a helpful thing, but never mind. Uh, uh, it's amazing what you uncover. How many have found that? Uh, we had some very interesting discoveries along the way. Uh, and there's almost this kind of craving in people's hearts to kind of find out where, where they come from, where they belong. And believe it or not, this is where we come from. This, if you like, is our DNA. This is our heritage. If you want to know what where you come from and where your heritage is, where, you know, it's this amazing legacy that we have in the Lord. And I just believe this legacy that we read here in Pentecost, this is where it's all began. This is, if you like, our birth. This is our legacy. It seems to me that, that God wants us to enter into the fullness of our inheritance because what they experience is our heritage as well. And he wants us to enter into the fullness of that. And I believe he's kind of raising us, he's raising a people up that are so filled with heaven, if I can use that way, that actually what, if you like, what touches us from heaven actually affects the earth. This is the whole purpose of it, because what God did on that day of Pentecost wasn't just for 120 people, let me realise that. It's what God did on Pentecost actually had effects on the whole city. The whole city was influenced by what they did. In other words, they were filled with heaven so they could influence earth. I'm going to get older. They were filled with heaven so they could influence earth. John the Baptist said, he said, you know what? I baptize you with water. But there's one who's coming and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a little bit sad sometimes, I think. That word baptize is created all kinds of religious thoughts and ideas. But actually, all the word baptise means, it means to drench. And what he was saying, really, is that I drench you with water, but this Jesus is going to drench you with the Holy Spirit. Because what kind of filled them that day also filled the city that day. That's the power of it. It wasn't just a kind of little kind of group of 120 people who had just had a nice touch from God. It was so impacting, so influential, so powerful, the whole city was shaken. I think that Jesus, he drove out leprosy. He healed all manner of diseases. He raised the dead. And he said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointing me to preach the gospel, to, to give sight to the blind, to set the prisoner free, to, to, to actually heal the brokenhearted. The point is, that same spirit that was on Jesus now comes to fill us and say, amen. Jesus didn't do anything because of his divinity. I only realize that. What he did, he did because he was anointed. Because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And that same Holy Spirit that came and filled that upper room is the same spirit that so wants to influence us, so drench us, that we begin to leak and impact and influence everybody else and everything else around us. Can you say amen? Let's think of, look at Luke 24. Again, these are the promises of Jesus. Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24 and verse 49. Jesus says, Behold, I send you the promise of my Father. 
but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. And again, that word clothed means to be, it means to sink down, it means to be engulfed. There's one description of that word which I love. It means to have to be arrayed in royal garments. Oh, that's awesome. That what, when God clothes us with the power of the Spirit, He's actually clothing you with royal garments. See, when someone is, has royal garments upon them, they're no longer the person they were before. Have you seen that change sometimes? When someone, you know, can, we say, can I use the word commoner? Sorry about that word. But once that person who's a commoner now becomes clothed with royal garments, the whole of their life changes. People bow to them. People do all, you know, the, the whole, the, you know, they, they have red carpet. All kinds of things changes in their life. Because now their status has changed because of royal garments. When God closes, clothes you with power, you receive royal garments. You're clothed with God himself. I can use that term. Isn't that awesome? Clothed with power from on high. Acts 1.5 John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit from now day, from this day forth. And again, that word baptize means to, to drench. It means to, it means actually, it's so drenched. The best way, that, uh, so I love studying these words, but it actually, it actually means that, that something is so drenched, you can't put anything more in it. It's just so drenched. Have you ever had a, a cloth or some sponge and it's just saturated with water and it just drops out of it? And that's the picture. That we're so drenched with the Spirit, it just kind of flows out of us. It just moves out of us. It also means, it's a picture of a cloth that's dyed. And every fibre of that cloth has been dyed. Every fibre of that cloth is affected by the dye. And so, when you're filled, it causes you to be, the best way to describe it, let me put it this way. You know, every one of us in this room is unique. How many are saying amen to that? <laughs> the truth is, you're all different. You're all, every one of us is unique. I was just thinking the other day, we, we, uh, we went with Levi to a safari park, and I thought, how incredible. You see all the animals. You know, not one animal is the same. You see thousands of all these animals, but every one of them is, is unique and different. How much more so are human beings? How much so are you? You are utterly unique. There's no one ever that's ever lived like you. Isn't that good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, that's the truth. Now, here's the point. God fills you with the Spirit, not to remove your uniqueness, but to actually use your uniqueness. He uses your gifts, your talents, your personality, all that you are. He so he fills that with the Spirit, and he takes your uniqueness so that you're able to do what no one on this planet can do but you. Because he's created you uniquely with a purpose and plan that is uniquely tailor-made for you alone. Awesome. And he empowers you to be the person you're always meant to be. You see, you only can be the person you're meant to be until you're saturated with the Spirit. You can never fully be that person God caused you and purposed you to be unless you're drenched and filled with the Spirit. There always will be something lacking until that unique drenching of the Spirit causes you to fulfill that uniqueness that God created you to be. Can you say amen? That's what he's called you to be. And actually, 
He also describes like this, that word actually describes a ship that's sunk to the bottom of the sea and that ship is totally, completely overwhelmed by the influence of that ocean. And I think Jesus is looking for a relationship where he completely envelopes us, he permeates us. In other words, he fills us so much that we begin to reflect him and represent him in the world around us. And when it says that the Spirit, that they were all filled, that word filled, actually, it literally means to be saturated, to supply in excess. In other words, it's not limited, it's absolutely unbelievable, boundless supply that he wants to pour in your life. How many would recognize that we need that today? We need that power. We need that fullness. We need that saturation. I, read a few th- I wrote down a few things of what it means when we don't have that power. How we need that power. To ha- not to have that overflow, not to be, to be saturated, not to have that power means this. Having, not having the power is like this. It's like a singer with no voice. It's like a piano with no keys. It's like a bird with no wings. It's a good one. A horse with no legs. A violin with no strings. A vacuum cleaner with no suction. A car with no engine. A swim pool with no water. A restaurant with no food. Spectacles without no lenses. Shark with no teeth. A parrot without a beak. You know, I was thinking even some more crazy ones. Elvis with no hair. All just kind of crazy things. <laughs> And that's the point, without the power of God, without that saturation, without that impacting life, we can't really have the influence. We are meant to be people who have the saturation, the overflow, the spirit in fullness in our lives. Look at a few words there. It's interesting. He says, when the spirit came, he came as a, what? Rushing wind. And that means... That word means to speed with force, to do something inside of them. That word rushing means to come quickly, suddenly, with force and determination. It means to bring something along, to carry something, and to give it to them. In other words, ever heard of this saying, look, 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 what, look what, the, what the wind's brought in, ever heard that, I don't know if you've heard this say that, but... And it's almost that's what the wind did. When the wind of the Spirit came, he brought, he brought something with him. He brought power. He brought ability. He brought what we need to fulfill the Great Commission. That wind so filled them that they could spill into that city. It says, they, he came with the rushing wind. He came with the sound of a rushing wind. The word sound. In other words, you know sound, how you measure sound, you measure it in waves. I only realise that. And that's what this word means here. It means waves. Wave after wave after wave. Continuous pouring out. Wave after wave after wave. And it also means, the word sound also means a rumour, a good rumour. It means to spread wildly and influence many. And let me see the picture of this. In other words, that when the Spirit came, it came wave after wave after wave after wave with the rumour of the Lord so that we can wildly influence many. Isn't that awesome? Wave after wave after wave after wave to so fill us we be, so we become wildly 
influential. I love it. Jesus said in John 10.10, I've come that you might have what life, but life what more abundantly. That's a challenge. I wonder how many live in the level of abundance life, an abundant life. Is life just a struggle, going through, you know, strain, the routine of day after day, or do we actually encounter and come into what Jesus said, abundant life? The highest form of life possible. And I believe that's what the Spirit of God brings. It brings this new level, this new depth of life. A, a life they've always dreamed of can actually be achieved when you're drenched by the wind and the roaring wind of God in your life. Amen. Abundant. The highest form of life comes in that way. The transforming influence of the power of the Lord. I want to talk about three things, actually, that bring that influence. Three things that the wave of God brought about in that day. Here's the first thing. It took them from panic to peace. I love John. You had a great testimony this one, didn't you? How the, all kind of panic things. And this week, in Cyprus peace of God was on him. Is that true? Amazing test we there. I appreciate that. Good. And that's what the Spirit of God, it brings us from peace, from panic to peace. Why do you think that's powerful? Because on the day of Pentecost, you think of that day before that, the Bible says that, you see, those streets where those disciples were in that room were the very, was the very street that Jesus was dragged along. You think about it. That was the very street where Jesus was dragged along and they said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The Bible says that after the resurrection, the disciples were in a room and it says the door was locked because of fear of the Jews. And I love the fact that Jesus came into a locked room. He came through the wall. He just popped up. I'm looking, to, I'm looking to a glorified body. That's awesome. That's cool. Walking through walls. I like that thought. You know, just pop up. Glorified body. And through his glorified body he came. They were in panic. They were in fear. And the first words that came from Jesus' lips was us. Fear not. And, and, he, and he breathed upon them and says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. In other words, he came into a room that was full of panic and fear locked up and he came in and he dispelled all the fear in that atmosphere and brought his peace. And on that day, weeks later in that upper room, that when the Spirit came upon them, wave after wave after wave after wave, they went from, they went from panic to peace. And the very street where they were shouting, crucify him. It was a street of incredible conflict. That's where Jesus had been crucified. There was still conflict in that street. They went out right into that street. wasn't hidden away somewhere. They went out into the street. Because the Spirit so filled them, so influenced them, so poured the peace of God in them. They went from panic and they came into peace. Do you know what? The whole city that was once hostile 
Now was brought into a climate of peace. In a moment, everything was changed. The whole city went from being hostile to Jesus weeks before, those same streets where they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, they were now shouting, what must we do to be saved? Isn't that awesome? Peace. All because people went from panic to peace. Look at Romans 15, verse 20. I just love this scripture here. Romans 15, verse 20. Say Romans 16, verse 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I want you to see that. I believe the peace from Jesus terrorizes the enemy. God's building an unshakable kingdom that is fearless because the peace of God reigns in situations and reigns in hearts. I think I should have preached on a few months ago, but I love the fact that Jesus was in the boat and a storm, remember that storm hit the boat. And the Bible says that Jesus was asleep. He wasn't asleep because he was tired, necessarily. He was asleep in peace. The disciples were in panic. And Jesus allowed the peace in him. He allowed the peace in him to touch the wind and the waves. And he was brought into peace. He said, peace be still. And there's something about the peace of God. When the Holy Spirit comes... And fills a life with wave after wave after wave with peace. That we can go often into hostile, difficult situations. And we can change it by the peace of God that reigns in our hearts. I believe all atmospheres can change. We can change all kinds of conflicted atmospheres by the peace of God. By the peace that the Holy Spirit brings and reigns in the heart. You know what? You can be in a storm, but you don't have to let the storm get in you. You can say amen. Because the peace of God drives that storm out of situations. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And I really believe as the peace of God rules, rules in your heart, it empowers you. I think there's a power in peace. Something empowers you. Something strengthens you. Something causes you to rise up when there is this peace of God in your heart. It's a supernatural peace that God fills the heart and you can experience that peace even in the most darkest of moments. It's a peace. A supernatural peace that we say, Lord, let it rule in my heart. And I'd say to you this one, if you feel kind of panic right now, you feel you're panicking about something in life or you're panicking about a situation, there's panic about a circumstance. Why don't you say, Holy Spirit, just come and rule in my heart and release your supernatural peace within me. You know what the Bible says? There's a good challenge. Be anxious for Nothing. I looked, up the Hebrew, I looked up the Greek word, nothing. 
stood, I, I, stood, I spent weeks studying it, and I found this. It means nothing. <laughs> it means no thing. Because when peace rules in your heart, then anxiety, panic, worry can't grip you. Don't be anxious for zouch, for nothing. But let the peace of God rule, invade, change, transform your life. Oh, the peace of the living God. Isn't that wonderful? The Bible says, Isaiah 26 verse 3, He will keep you in perfect peace, whose minds, what? Are stayed on thee. It's not going to allow, when you don't allow people or circumstances to frustrate me, because my mind is on him, and he will bring me through. Romans 5 verse 1 says, We have therefore, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. When we get a revelation of what Jesus has done on the cross, I think something of peace gets a hold of your heart. I was reading the other day, Genesis. I wasn't thought about this. I wasn't thought about this. It says, God created evening and morning. It doesn't say morning and evening. Isn't that strange? I thought, why is that? Why does it say, God created first evening, then morning? That's an interesting thing, isn't it? I thought about that. Perhaps it's just my strange mind. But the point was, I thought, why is that? And I suddenly realised, why is When you go to bed and rest at night, you don't do it for the day before. You do for the following night, day, don't you? You don't say, oh, I need my rest for, for today. <laughs> you, know, you go to bed, you have your rest, not for that day, but for the day to come. And that's what God does with peace. He pours rest into you, so you're prepared and ready for what is to come. Evening, then, morning. Can you say amen? I'm glad for supernatural peace. I believe with all my heart, when we're filled with the peace of God, we can transform climate. We can transform our atmosphere. I think people's lives can be transformed because of the peace that's in you. I think it's very weak. I remember seeing a situation this week. And I think because of the peace that was on us in that room, I think somebody else's life was touched because of the peace. There's something about peace that impacts, influences and transforms and changes other people. And you say, man, oh, the peace of God. And I love the fact that the peace that was on them went into the very streets They refused to be intimidated because of the peace that was in their hearts. Here's the next thing. They moved from complaining to praise. Go back to to, to Philippians 2. This is a powerful influence. I only believe praise praise changes atmospheres. I only believe that praise can actually change atmospheres can change things. Praise changes things. Philippians 2 verse 14 says, here's a good challenge. Again, I looked at the word all things and it means all things. (laughs) Do all things. I like to say it doesn't mean all things, but it actually means all things. Do all things without complaining and disputing. What happened when they were filled with the Spirit that day? The Bible said they declared the mighty acts of God. It was in Jerusalem. Every thousand, thousands of people were in that, in that, in that place. Thousands, thousands. People from all nations were there. And I'll tell you one thing happened. Ever been in a, ever been in a place where there's a, where there's rush? You know, a place that's absolutely jam-packed. 
I'll tell you what happens and the place is jam-packed. It's full of complaining. You know, can't, people can't, there's queues there and oh, I've got queues and people are pushing through. I mean, in the atmosphere in a big, major city full of people is complaining. I remember one of my, what, my worst ever experiences. We took a, a, a coach load of people from a church. We took them, we, we took them actually to Bath. Bath during Christmas. The German market was on in Bath. And everywhere, it was, you couldn't even move. And the complaining and the, 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 the intimidation, it was just incredible. And I remember that there, we lost somebody. We lost an old lady, we lost her. And then I got a phone call from the police to say, actually, we've just found a lady from your church. But then it got even worse because the police lost her. <laughs> And I'm thinking, how worse can it get than this? Not only, you know, what is this? It's, you, know, you bring someone for a, a nice day where you lose her, then the police lose her. The coach, at a certain time, had to leave, and she was lost somewhere in the middle of Bath, and trying to get through the crowds, trying to find her. Praise God, she eventually came for her. I just had these thoughts. What do I tell her family? By the way, sorry, we've lost her in Bath. Don't know where she is, but we've lost her. The police have lost her, you know. What, you know. But... But one thing you find in, that in kind of those sort of atmospheres, there is complaining. And the point is that in that atmosphere, praise changed it. They never went to the... They weren't, they weren't drawn to the room because of the sound of the rushing wind. We're told they went there because of the sound of praise. And the Bible says they each heard it in their own language. I love the fact the Holy Spirit says, I want everybody to hear this. I don't care what your tongue is. I don't care what nation you're from. You're going to hear the praises of God. And they each heard God doing mighty, awesome things through the praise of God's people. And there's something about praise that really does change atmospheres. Complaining, actually. How many found that brings a heaviness? But praise always brings a lightness. I think there's something about praise that can change all kinds of circumstances and situations. How many have found sometimes the hardest thing to do that when your back's against the wall, when everything's rising against you, isn't it true the hardest thing to do is praise? Why is that? Because the devil knows how powerful that is. Because the Bible speaks of the sacrifice of praise. When you don't feel like praising, when your heart's heavy, when everything is contrary to what you've believed and what the word of God says but in the midst of that, with tears coming down your face you praise God and you're not telling me that in that situation that God is not going to change something in your life, the book of the Bible is full of things that changed because people made a decision of their will. No matter how they felt, how difficult it was, they were going to praise God. The Bible says he's enthroned on the praises of his people. In other words, that when we praise him, you know, when we praise him this morning, it's really not just about singing songs, really. It's about saying, God, we want to build a place for you to come into and I know, we know, Lord, as we praise you, that we know that you're going to come and do something awesome, something amazing. The Bible says praise silences the avenger. In other words, panic's attacking you, fear's attacking you, the lies of the enemy attacking you. 
praise silences the devil. The moment you begin to praise him, it's if the devil... He can't speak anymore into your situation because you've silenced him. Praise silences the avenger. And there's something so powerful about praise that on that day in Jerusalem, the whole climate changed. The whole atmosphere changed because a group of 120 people began to declare the mighty acts of God. I really believe that as the Spirit of God comes upon us wave after wave after wave, as we begin to truly praise him with all that was within us, I believe Guernsey is going to change. The atmosphere of Guernsey, the, the, the conflicts, all, all the things that go on, it changes through the praises of God's people. Never let anyone tell you anything less. Never let you tell you that praise doesn't, is, is just pointless. Realize today the power of praise that can change any circumstance, any situation. Because that's what happened on the day of Jerusalem. Any believe it can happen today. The power of praise. I remember, I think it was Ishmael. Remember that song he sang? It's amazing what praising can do. Remember that one? I, I like that. It's amazing what praising can do. The Bible says, for the garment, for the spirit of heaviness, you know what you want to do? Put on the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. You know, the, what, you know what the spirit of heaviness is? It's a spirit that binds, discourages, frustrates. How many have ever been there? That discouragement, that frustration that kind of comes on us. It says the way you release that is by you put a garment of praise on. And the garment of praise drives away that spirit of heaviness. When we praise, it brings atmospheres of miracles. I always remember years ago, uh, when we were in, we in a prayer meeting, actually, and we were just praising. I always remember that we were just praising. Just, all we do was just praising. And I remember this guy, he always used to do, he, he's a little hawk, he'd go, he just, he, he just, that's what he could do. Two steps and that was it, he was finished with a taste sort of thing. And we were just there, we were praising, and suddenly he says, my feet are on fire. That's what he said. And he started to just run on the spot. And then he, he, he just ran out the building, and I thought, oh, still, you know, he just ran out the building, ran around the building, he couldn't stop running, just ran and ran and ran and ran, sat on the thing, and that was it, he was totally healed. And I remember taking him to a, to a, to a meeting I was preaching at, and I, and, he was gonna, and I got him to testify about what happened. And I says, and he says, well, I'll show you, I'll run around the tent. I was thinking, I really hope he's been healed. <laughs> this, could be, this could be the end of my preaching career. Uh, but it's wonderful, isn't it, that, that, that in praise, God, there's no one touched him, no one prayed for him. It was just an atmosphere of praise that brought the miracle power of God in. Let me close it. Here's the last thing. They went from a place of cowardice to a place of boldness. Just weeks before, Peter had denied Jesus three times just by the accusations of a slave girl. Oh, really? A little girl really accused him. and he, Not me, sort of thing. Weeks later, the sound, the waves of the Spirit flooding his life. Suddenly now, he's right there, preaching to thousands of people the uncompromising power of the Gospel. And I believe that the power of the Spirit, sometimes when we feel that, that intimidation, sometimes when we feel we've got no boldness and we feel afraid and intimidated, I believe the power of the Spirit can give us as his believers incredible boldness.
Look at this one verse here, Acts 4, verse 31. Now, this is interesting. The reason why they're in this problem is because they healed somebody. That's why they're in this problem, because they prayed for a man and he was healed. And because he was healed, all this persecution rose up against them. Acts 4, verse 31. So verse, look at verse 30. Sorry, verse 29, just see if you're away. <laughs> and now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were, were assembled together, they were shaken, and they were, notice what? They were all filled, saturated, drenched with the Spirit. And here's the result of that. What's the result of that? They spoke the word of God with boldness. I just love that. They spoke as they were filled. It's interesting the very thing that caused the problem, they're saying, Lord, do it again. Do, 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 do something even more amazing. Stretch out your hand and heal. The very thing that gets us into problems, do it even greater. But they said, Lord, give us boldness. Give us courage. And when they were filled with the Spirit, they're told, they spoke the Lord. They spoke the word with boldness. They weren't going to be intimidated. They weren't going to be fearful anymore. Sometimes, even as believers, we can almost be apologetic for being believers. Someone once did a, a survey of what stops people witnessing. You know what the number one thing is? Fear. Afraid. Being intimidated. That's the number one reason that stops people from witnessing. Number one reason. How many have found that the truth is the Holy Spirit overcomes the greatest hindrance to witness by giving us boldness. I believe with all my heart that when the Spirit saturates you, you find a new boldness. You, f- you find a, a new courage. All the intimidation, all the fear that sometimes limits us and holds us back is suddenly broken off us. Isn't that awesome? I found that. I found sometimes the most quietest person you could ever meet I can think of people right now. And in the natural, they're the most quietest people you can ever meet on the face of the planet. You know what I mean? And suddenly, that when you bring them into a witnessing situation, they are fearless. They're absolutely fearless. And I thought, what is that? It's because the Spirit is so upon them that the fear and the intimidation no longer affects them. And what is, what is true of their personality is overcome by the power of the spirits. And I believe if nothing else, that God in this day wants to fill us, you, me, with a new spirit of boldness. That we're no longer intimidated. We're no longer afraid. We're no longer pulling back. Because a new boldness has got a hold of us. And I think there's three realms of boldness. Boldness towards heaven. That we boldly come to the throne of God. We're not apologizing. We're not you know, we're, we're, there's a boldness. We're asking God for big things, for great things, because there's a boldness in our lives. Boldness to hell. 
that we, we come against the powers of darkness. We're not in the devil's doormat. There's a boldness there. And boldness to earth. That we're bold in our witness for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Now think about this. I'll close with this. That we receive. Jesus says that we can have the spirit without measure. That's awesome. The only limitations we put on it is the limitations in us. And I think there's three things. There's two things that can really limit the spirit of God. Number one, the Bible says, don't grieve the spirit. Don't grieve him. Don't allow things in your life that you know grieve the spirit. Because it stops the manifestation. It stops the peace from flowing. It stops the praise from flowing. It stops the boldness from flowing out of us. The moment we grieve the spirit, we we hinder the manifestation of the spirit that wants to flow out of us. And secondly, the Bible says, don't quench the spirit. Which means, don't have low expectation. Don't have unbelief. Because low expectation and unbelief quenches the spirit. Stops the manifestation of, of the spirit of God in our lives so that we're able to receive the spirit continually continually without measure amen let's stand before him right now Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Healing Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyhealing.co.uk.